our homeschool journey, I became aware that beauty and an appreciation for art in all its various forms was a really important aspect to our home education, especially because I had artistic children and I wanted to foster that in them. So years ago, I discovered Catholic heritage curricula and was first introduced to their art appreciation resources for young children in their Art Masterpieces series, which was excellent and we used for a number of years. A desire for deeper understanding led us to the CHC program Ever Ancient, Ever New. It's a program in two parts. Ever Ancient, Ever New guided us from ancient art forms chronologically to the art of the Renaissance. And then part two leads us from the art of the high renaissance through the modern era. The first thing that drew me to the art appreciation uh, that they offer is the, the history and the distinctly Catholic perspective. It was really beautiful. But the program also presents art theory and opportunities to practice with a companion art pad that goes along with the books. CHC materials are always steeped in beauty. And this program is really delightful. It helped us cultivate a sensitivity to beauty. And I think for the children that I used it with, it gave us all the foundation in the eras of art and characteristics that define them. The lives of artists, cultural influences, and the implications of those influences in art uh, are explored in the context of each chapter. Every Inch and Ever New can be used independently by children in grades five and up, or read together as a family with, with much younger children. As something we valued in our family, this program makes art appreciation something that parents can share with their children without being overwhelmed by the idea of introducing art. It's beautiful, it's simple and engaging. A link to the program is in the show notes. Have a look and enjoy all of CHC's art programs. Right. Okay, thank you to all my listeners for for uh, listening today. I have a wonderful guest with me today that we just met on our pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and my husband's here with me as well. So that's kind of fun because Albert's never here with me. So. Yeah, well, I mean, never. This is friends, his first time. Friends <laughs> with my new priest friend, Father Paul, and I, I just had to see him. I couldn't miss this. I couldn't miss it. Amen. 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 Awesome. So welcome, Father Paul. Thank you very much. It's good to actually be asked to go on somebody else's podcast for a change. Usually I'm the one begging people. <laughs> okay, and I have to ask you about that. I have a question about that, so I'm just going to jot it down so I don't forget because I need to touch the hem of your garment because you interviewed Peter Kreeft, and I'm just like wigging out. I actually wrote him a personal letter to see if he would come on my podcast, <laughs> and he didn't even what? respond. Yeah. I was so blown away. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you asking? How long ago was that? Maybe a year ago. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. I could give you his email address. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm sorry. We did, I don't know. I was, I was going to ask you some questions. I can't believe we started already. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. We're, we're, I'm going to start with a prayer. All right. And good. if you have any questions you want to ask, that's great. Well, we just how long, how long can, is this generally? Usually 45 minutes. All right. I follow yeah. Your, yeah. I'll follow your lead completely. Awesome. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you bless this conversation. We ask that Father Paul and Albert and myself can be a conduit of grace to my listeners and to anyone who needs to hear whatever it is we're saying. We just ask that you guide all of our conversation on our Blessed Mother. We ask that you guide all of our conversation and 
bring to this podcast those who need to hear whatever whatever comes of this, whatever beauty and grace comes of this conversation. And I just want to ask my particular patrons of this podcast for their intercession. Uh, St. Philip Neri, pray for us. And St. Thomas Aquinas, pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, amen. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. So Father Paul is uh, a priest that we met on the recent Holy Land pilgrimage. We just got back a week ago. He was our chaplain. Uh, he was our chaplain. Uh, fantastic uh, chaplain Amazing. for us. Really, really gifted guy, Father Paul. And we just, we just so much about you that we appreciate and just wanted to have you on here because I want my listeners to be able to absorb some of your gusto as well. And and one of the things that I would say, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a little bit about what you do as a pastor. You just have such a huge heart, right? When, you know, the term we would use for that magnanimity, bigness of spirit, right? And I'm just so grateful that for that huge heart. And I, I think that honestly, Albert and I've talked about this, that we think you're one of the most humble priests we've ever met. Like you're, you're earthy, you're humble, you're, you're, <laughs> you're looking surprised. I, I, yeah, because I, I have a huge ego. Are you kidding me? My ego my ego's bigger than my stomach. <laughs> well, there's your That's humility like, shining forth there again. There it is. There yeah, it is. exactly. Yeah. And so I was hoping you could just tell my listeners a little bit about who you are and, and what you do in your day-to-day life when you're not being a superhero chaplain. I, I don't know what to say to any of that because I didn't know. It was my first time being chaplain. I've been a priest for 12 years and other than a pilgrimage that I ran uh, to Rome and Fatima with my own parishioners several years ago, that of which I knew every single one, this was my first time just being a chaplain on a pilgrimage, and I didn't know anybody going except for Marilis, um, the accident on the run. So it was an amazing experience. I know that's not your question, but thank you for thinking I was a superhero chaplain and that I'm humble because... Um, yeah, I, I, anyway, so, uh, but yeah, thank you. Um, it was an amazing trip. It was one of the best of my entire life and it really changed me. It changed me. I was thinking about this today. I'm like, you know, she's going to be interviewing a different man than, than, than from before because, and I, and I'll get into that. But I mean, you mentioned kindly that I'm a pastor, but I'm not, I never have been not yet. Uh, yeah, no, not yet. Um, I, as Marilis likes to tell every single person in the world, uh, I am a, a chat. Uh, <laughs> I have, I was a parish priest for 10 years, 10 and a half years, uh, in several different parishes or whatever. Uh, one of them, uh, being for about six years, uh, which I love and I miss them dearly, St. Paul's and Ramsey. But for the past year and a half or so, I have been a full time Catholic cemetery chaplain while also helping out at two different parishes. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So you didn't even know that. I didn't even exactly. know Exactly. And let me tell you, it's deadly. But um, no. Um, <laughs> the people there are very down to earth, if you know what I mean. So no complaints. <laughs> I get none. So uh, which is why it meant so much to be in the Holy Land at the most famous tomb, the most famous cemetery, if you will, ever. And the fact that, I mean, maybe we'll get into this had mass there where Jesus was risen, uh, every single family that I will meet with from now on, and it has already happened since I've been back to work, they will all know that I said mass in the tomb where Christ was risen and that this is what our entire faith is about. So a lot of people say, well, what do you do as a, what do you do as a cemetery chaplain? And that's a fair question. And my answer is I celebrate Easter Sunday every single day. 
Like I celebrate Easter every, because that's what's happening. Like I'm not there to merely remind somebody that their loved one has died and we're putting them into the ground or into the mausoleum. I am there to remind them of the resurrection. And St. Paul says that if Christ was not raised from the dead, our entire faith is in vain. Our entire faith. So if the resurrection didn't happen, then there'd be nothing. Zero. No feast days, not, no Christmas, nothing. Zilch. Our entire, so my job is to celebrate Easter every day for the families that I meet. One of the things that has been a blessing also is that it gives me a lot of freedom to do other things. So since I've been a cemetery chaplain, I've, you know, given more talks to like confirmation groups and youth groups and I've given two different parish missions. So and I've I've been a chaplain for your group, I'm going to be a chaplain for another group. So I love being a parish priest. Love 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 love, but this gives me the opportunity to kind of like be involved in everything. So that's that's been really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a great experience yeah. as a priest. Right? Wow. So do you apply not, for that job yeah, or no, do you get appointed? No, no, no. Uh you get a phone call and you're told, Hey, this is um where the cardinal's sending you. Uh and you're like, Excuse me, come again? And then, you know, you wrestle with it and then you uh, you surrender. So that's I mean that's like it's like that with most positions. You know, I mean we are told where we're going. You know, we might say what our interests are and we may say what we want to do, you know, which I certainly have, but it doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. But being a cemetery chaplain has actually been one of the best, the the greatest blessings for me because of the many different experiences that I've been able to have since then. And especially starting my own podcast um, and doing a lot more stuff with social media. A beautiful experience uh, walking with people who are, are mourning, right? Yeah. Because this is maybe TMI, but you know, you walked part of my journey. My listeners know that my dad took his own life. Um, and back in April and for some reason I was afraid to go to confession. And so you became part of my journey because I, I made my first confession in months and months with you while we were on the pilgrimage, because it just felt right for some reason. You're, um, who you were just felt like the person that I needed to talk to at that moment mm. in time. And so I'm really grateful for that. What a, what a cool experience to just have that together, like to have that, to have you be part of my journey. I was part of your journey. This, we were really all of those people on the pilgrimage. We were really journeying together. And that was really, really cool to experience yeah, that. Really powerful. It was, it was, it was an amazing group. Um, it was, I mean, it was my first time there as a priest in the Holy Land. I went once when I was in the seminary, but going as a priest and being a chaplain for other people and, you know, situations like what you just said of asking the talk or asking the Buddha confession and just, you know, hearing the hearts and the souls of the many different pilgrims, it, it was very touching, very powerful. Thank you for letting me be a part of your journey. Yeah, it was beautiful. So what would you say, I kind of want to focus for a few minutes, at least on the, on the pilgrimage itself, because I want to do a few episodes on the pilgrimage, because I think that families need to pilgrimage. And we've been doing pilgrimage in one way or another, really, I mean, I think all of our, all of our life as a married couple and with our children. Now, sometimes that just means taking your group of four or five little kids to adoration, right? That's a, a pilgrimage of sorts. 
But as our kids got older, being able to take them to, you know, some beautiful holy spot that was closer closer to where we lived. And then as they got older and older, we, we pilgrimaged as a family. But it started very small, you know, in our own neighborhood in a sense, right? And so I think pilgrimage is really important. And this was really kind of the pinnacle of all the pilgrimaging oh, yeah. we've done. Yeah. This was just, you know, mind mind blowing. And I would recommend anyone to do it. Not t- I wouldn't take little kids on it. I, I was just way too grueling to to take little kids on something like this. But I think everybody you know needs to be prayerful about when's the right time, when's the right place to um, to do this. Yeah, one of your do- uh, one of your daughters went. Yes, our youngest daughter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And we're so grateful that she uh, had that opportunity, right? And we would love to have our other kids, you know, have our other kids experience that as well. So the the what would you say was the biggest impact the Holy Land had on you as a person? Oh my gosh. Um I just couldn't believe that I was there just touching, breathing, feeling where he was, where Jesus was, where the apostles was, where there's amazing things happen and I said that I was there once before and I was and it was powerful then but for some reason you know, but I, for me, being able to be to say the mass and to preach in these many different sites was was something else. It, you know what I, I mean? Look, to be completely honest with you, I realized that the past year or so, my priesthood has become. I didn't realize this till I was in the Holy Land because I think I'm a man of prayer and everything like that. You know, I take that seriously, but I have realized that. I have allowed the busyness of life or other distractions get in the way, and my priesthood has become very funct- functionary, very functionary. When, I, when we were in the Holy Land, uh, not long into the trip, all right, so I, I, I all of a sudden, there's this song called um, The Heart of Worship. I, I, I only know Michael W. Smith's version, but it says something like, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. And that, I haven't listened to that song in years, but that kept coming to me when we were on pilgrimage because I feel like I've made so much about about different things, about ministry itself, about my podcast, about my social media, doing good things for the Lord, trying to do good things for the church, but not really like being deeply, deeply rooted in this filial relationship with him, me as the father's son and him as my father. And then also in terms of my priesthood in Persona Christi bridegroom, you know, Christ is the divine bridegroom who gave his life for the church in terms of like my marriage to the church, you know, my, 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 my role as, as husband and father, if you will, you know what I'm saying? Like that, if a priest is not rooted in that, then he's going to end up giving people himself. And of course, a priest personality is a part of it. You know, we're all individuals, but that's that it's not about the, the person of the priest. And, you know, I think that the being in the Holy Land, to answer your question, brought me back to the heart of worship, brought me back to the heart of ministry, brought me back to what really really matters. Like for instance, right? I I have I don't know if you noticed, I have not at all and I'm on social media all the time. Like totally on social media all the time. I haven't been on at all since last since last Thursday. So starting Friday, I started a 33-day fast mm, of social media. I saw media. that. Yeah. Yeah. So 
and it, and it came from a conversation with a buddy of mine and reflecting upon the, the but it has to do with this of like, like when I'm not spending a lot of time on, so like I have a lot of time to pray. And so I've been just going deeper and deeper and it's been like a blessing. It's also been a real struggle being home and not being with you all because it was such an exciting time. It was stimulating constantly. I'm somebody who thrives on being around other people, on, you know, stimuli. And being back here, you know, and it's just like quiet. And it, it's it's been a rough couple of days. I mean, you know, it's been a rough couple of days. The weekend was really, really rough. But I've been going to Eucharistic Adoration every single day, sometimes twice a day. The, the, the Lord is just calling me, calling me to go deeper, calling me to go back, calling me to go deeper. The social media, the podcast, you know, that's all great. That's fine. That, that, that's good. Even the ministry, right? You can't give what you don't have. You cannot give what you don't have. So I think being in the Holy Land just brought me back to what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? Jesus was there. He had, there's no such thing as social media. There's no such thing as YouTube podcasts. Had these guys like, it's his grace. Just be rooted in him and he'll take care of everything. There's a, a line, an antiphon in one of the Liturgy of the Hours that says, surrender to God and he will do everything for you. I mean, other than literally, other, other than just maybe like doing like one post to promote a pie. I, so I talked to my friend, I made a deal. I said, okay, no social media, uh, except for once a week, I'll just promote a new podcast episode. Or like, if there's anything, like there was this pilgrimage thing that I had to promote because the company's getting on us. So uh, but I'm not going on. I'm not checking for likes or views or comments or like nothing, doing anything else, but just rooted in prayer. And that's what the pilgrimage did for me. Beautiful. And you know, this this is this can happen in family life too, as you probably know this as a priest. But you know, in, in family life, most of my listeners are families that you can become functionary as a as a married couple and raising your children and you're having your babies and you're doing all the right things and you're going to mass and you're doing all the right things but you 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 forget why in a sense right and so you have to have experiences whatever that is sometimes you know obviously in your case this was this pilgrimage did that but different experience sometimes it's a mission sometimes it's a, a particularly uh, astute homily that you something brings you back to okay wait a minute i've kind of gotten off track here I'm doing all the right things, but I'm not, my heart isn't in it, right? And so it's important to, to make sure that our heart is in it, whatever that takes, right? Yeah, it's, it's, and it's a scary realization because you think you are, you think, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not an all or nothing or whatever, but um, I just got done reading an article that uh, somebody gave me and it's so common for priests to just keep going, going, going with work, work, work with ministry, 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 and they're gonna they're gonna burn out. They have to fall in love. They have to be in love with Christ. So that's that's you know what I mean. So that's the thing. Like right now, what's going on is Christ is okay. F- like let's let's go. Like fall fall in love with me. You know, not that I fell out of love or whatever, but like let's yeah. go deeper. It has to be Our about relationship. Love. It has is to, ready has for to, has to, has step. to, has to. A couple, a married couple has to keep spending time with each other. A married couple has to keep getting to know each other. A married couple must, must have date nights, must foster their relationship, or otherwise it's just going to be about, you know, just if they have kids, just raising the kids or just their careers or whatever, that you have to work at it. 
So, and it's a relationship, you know, priesthood is an ecclesial marriage, you know, Um, it's a marriage. And at the same time, the relationship with the father, it's a a father son thing. So it's filial and it's spousal and that has to be number one. And then you give all the giving comes from there. That's beautiful. Thank you. That is so true. So, you know, if you interviewed me like, you know, two, three weeks ago, I probably would be, you know, talking a lot about my podcast and about (laughs) all my social media and all that stuff because that's like so important. You know what I mean? But now it's like, you know, the term like Catholic influencer makes me want to vomit. So... (laughs) Mm. Let's not go there. So, what would you say? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Wait, that wasn't. I, I don't. I, you don't call yourself right. I, I, that, that was not a dig in any way. No, I definitely. I have the same I reaction. I have no idea. I just threw it out actually. There. Yeah, Catholic influencer, Catholic communicator. I'm like, I, okay, but anyway. How about we just be Catholic in love with our Lord? That was that's a good place to start. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. You've, so you've given us this sort of big picture, okay, the big picture of of uh, the impact you had. Would you say there was one particular thing that you saw or experienced that that was like the what you would qualify as the most profound thing that happened or that you saw on this trip? For me personally or for the whole group? Oh, Mass in the, in the Tomb. There's nothing, there's nothing that was unreal mass in the in the empty tomb of jesus christ i'm celebrating mass there i'm the main cell like what is going on how is this happening in in the in the you know what i'm saying so that nothing will ever top it nothing will ever top it and now everything must flow from there so there were so many highlights, Bonnie. There was so the trip we I could go on. I would love to join you. I also need to do uh, episodes on on the trip. I don't even know where to start. There was so much. I I if I could intervene, Vader, yeah, please Father, do. I I just love the look on your face every time Mountain, our tour director, informed you of where you were saying mass next. <laughs> it was as though you had no idea, and it was like yeah, he doesn't give what? a lot of information ahead of time. <laughs> and it's like, what? I'm saying math there? Are you kidding me? And your head was like spinning yeah. and your eyes were rolling yeah. back. And it was, it was so genuine. Yeah. And I was right there with you because, I, and I'm thinking, I'm going to be at that mass. Just yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. And he, he does. He's all in the Mountain team, is right. a miracle worker. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. He is. I don't ever. I don't want to do a pilgrimage with anyone else. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, totally well, my cousin just became, my cousin just became a travel agent. So I can't say that. So, <laughs> but, um, but I don't think it's religious stuff. So, uh, he's a, like un. I cannot recommend the Catholic traveler enough. And by the way, it was all the mass sites were in the itinerary. It wasn't him. It was me not looking at the itinerary. So, yeah. No, no, that's not my point. My point was yeah, it was yeah, good yeah. that no, you, yeah. you didn't know. I know. It was, was yeah, I was like a little kid. I was a yeah. giddy little exactly. kid. Exactly. I was a giddy little it kid. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was, it was, it, it I just it. was un, I, I want to bring people there or be a part of a pilgrimage every year. I want people to experience and see what we saw. And and to be there with with like you were all really into your faith. You were all really into your faith. Very it was a devout group. It, it was. was a it was a good group. And 
it was a very mixed group. You know what I'm saying? There were young people, there were older people, there, you know, yeah. different nationalities. It was it, it it wasn't young versus old or anything like that. It was everybody got along. I mean, day two, like it was Catholic. It was excellent. Yeah, here comes everybody. universal group. Here comes everybody. We represented. Yeah. It was it was it was, yeah. it was powerful. It was very powerful. It was. I was, was not amazing. expecting. I was not expecting to for this trip to be what it was. Wasn't yeah, I think it was special. Like it was more than just your average yeah. trip. And it was yeah. all the Lord. More than your average All the Lord. I had no idea what to expect. Yeah, yeah, no I no idea what to same. expect. And it did not start out well. It did not like day one when I got there, I was in a I was exhausted. I was in a horrible mood. There was a miscommunication about something. Day one did not start out well. And that was the devil. That was the devil, the devil, and woof, look what the Lord did. Look what Jesus Christ did. He wasn't going to get in the way. No, 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 no. the devil was not going to. We get just elbowed him out yeah. of the way. And he's <laughs> trying. He's been trying ever since I got home. He's been trying. I know. I, and he's he's got to be for everybody. I wonder how everybody's doing because once you come home from a thing like that, you know, I'm just grateful that I'm going on another pilgrimage next month. <laughs> well, we're, I know that's we're, we're praying for you. Don't worry. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Don't worry. You got our. Prayers. But if we ever, if we ever organize a pilgrimage. Uh, with mountain you're our guy we are just going to reach wow. out to you are you so, okay with yeah that? totally just <laughs> pray that whoever my boss is at the time lets me go 100 <laughs> percent. you know and all those cemetery people are okay it's, with it exactly. well, it's, it's up to the holy spirit i know no totally exactly. i want to run one for the cemetery i mean what better place to run a pilgrimage for grieving families than the holiest place yeah. in the whole world than the holiest yeah. cemetery than the holiest tomb mm -hmm. You know, amazing. Yeah. amazing. Okay, so I wanted to ask you a, a couple of questions. So you self-described yourself as somebody who feels a lot, too much. Okay, and if too much, I know, and I'm I'm that person as well. So I get that. And and you know, after my dad died in April, we had kind of a two-day wake where my whole family all gathered at our home, and we were all together for two whole days. And and at one point. You know, I mean, we were devastated, right? But then we were sharing memories and we were, you know, laughing and crying. And, and I remember bursting out laughing about something, you know, some memory that somebody had shared or whatever. And Albert was across the room from me and he leaned over to my cousin and he said, she can feel that kind of joy because she allows herself to feel the kind of sadness that she feels. Mm. I thought that was such a beautiful, um, for somebody who maybe, you know, probably describes yourself as less, less, uh, diversity between your you know your emotions yeah, right I try to stay in the center mm -hmm. that i like it there it's comfortable <laughs> but for me that it is it was so true so it was such a true statement that it's because i feel deeply you know i feel joy deeply i feel um i feel sadness deeply that i can express all of that and i sense that with you too that you can express a lot because you have the range of emotions it's not like you're just mad or you're just sad or you're just joyful you're all the things right and that's that's a beautiful thing i think it's a beautiful gift i think it's really contagious to people around you that expressing emotion is a is a is a good and beautiful thing so so well i could be one thing at it but and when I am that one thing, it's very intense. Um, so yeah, I, but the Lord is doing something with that. He's using that. I've, I've been learning 
yeah, it's been good. Anyway, no, sorry, that's okay. Go. I just, I, I was actually, that was my question. It was in this, was tell me about that. Just tell me about feeling deeply and what, you know, what it's like to be you. <laughs> <laughs> what it's like to be me. Um, wow. I don't, what it's like to be me, man. Uh, well, when you're in the Holy land and you're saying mass in all these unbelievable places and you're with these great people and you're being told by, you know, uh, mountain, the Catholic traveler, like, Oh, you're saying mass at the Jordan river tomorrow. Or, you know, uh, it's amazing. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, the trip went by in two seconds. It was the most amazing trip of my life. It was awesome. Uh, you know, but then, um, man, if, if something gets me, you know, uh, anger is a quick go-to a quick go-to, uh, I didn't get too angry on the trip or whatever, but I, I, I felt an overwhelming sadness when we were all departing and that stayed with me hardcore for a couple of days. Uh, and so I, I don't know how to answer that, you know, um, because it, it, I, I'm, I, cause I'm only talking about it in terms of the trip. What is it like to be me? <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a, it's a gift and a curse. I mean, it's the agony and the ecstasy. It's the agony and the ecstasy. I, um, I, I'm not just trying to name drop right now I, uh, I, because I really am good friends with him. I spoke with Christopher West on the phone for an hour on Friday night, and I just like just like poured it out. You know what I mean? And he is somebody that feels very deeply, very intensely. And all his writings and his talks about desire and about the ache, it, it has blessed me so, so, so much of how the Lord can take whatever we're going through, whatever our desire is, that the ache, the loneliness, the hunger, and how like we need to we need to in a certain sense stay in that, like not get off the cross, not get off the cross because the glory is coming. So we get uncomfortable. I get uncomfortable. I don't like the cross. So when I feel something that's uncomfortable, whether it's loneliness or anger or sadness, like I don't want it. I want to do something to like anybody else to, to, to bypass the cross, you know? So what he is great, what he is great in is helping me to, to stay there, but to open completely. Like you, you can't see my arms right now, but I'm doing it in the shape of a, of a, of a cruciform that for, for, the, for this year, right? His daughter, uh, Beth drew, drew a great painting or drawing about three different ways that we can deal with, with let's just say desire or with pain or with whatever, right? The, the one way is to stuff, 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 repress, repress, repress. The other way is to indulge, 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 indulge. And then the, other, then the healthy thing, the middle path is to, to take what's here and bam, right tractor beam right up to the Lord. Give it all. Give it all. No matter what it is, pain, joy, sadness, fear, you know, temptation, you know, whatever it is, bam, like heart to heart, heart to heart. He talks about 
uh, eros, the, the, the passionate love, not to be confused with eroticism, but eros, that passionate love, that the, to take our eros to eros. So take, to take our eros, lowercase e, to eros, capital E, meaning God. Because Pope Benedict XVI, in his very first encyclical, Deus Caritas S, God is Love, says, yes, God is agape. God is sacrificial love. God is committed love. But God is also eros. He's also passionate love. And so our desires are good naturally, but they, they're, they're, you know, we're, we're, we're fallen people. We have concupiscence. So we have to ask the Lord to purify our desire, to purify it. So what, so to answer your question, what helps me is that deep prayer is to be as open as I am with all of you and my vulnerability and my authenticity or whatever that is. Like I, I, that the honesty that the Lord has given me the gift to have, I'm, I do that with him in prayer. I, I, I go in the presence of the blessed sacrament and I just journal and I journal and I journal. Well, I don't start out journal. I just, I sit there, I put myself in the presence of God, ask him to take over. But for me, there's many different ways to pray. I'm not saying that anybody needs a journal. For me, there is divine magic in, in, in journaling, 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 and then getting it all out, getting it all out, talking to him. I, when I say journaling, I'm not just like writing things down about the trip. Like I am talking to God. I am, I am telling him everything. And then I put the journal away and I just, you can't see my hands, but just open like, all right, Lord, just receive, 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 receive. And it's just a heart to heart. Um, and then I had a, uh, a two and a half hour spiritual direction session with my spiritual director on Sunday, two and a half hours. And it was, again, it was about the agony and the ecstasy. It was about the cross and the resurrection. And um, we cannot, I mean, we can, we could try, we could try to bypass the cross, whatever our cross is. But the glory, the glory is by staying in it and not coming down from it and then letting it pass over or resurrect whatever, whatever that is. So I don't know if that answered your question of what it's like Great to be answer. me with somebody that feels very intensely, you know, I mean, I need to, I need to exercise. One of the reasons why I asked you, Hey, can we do this podcast a little bit later today? Cause we were supposed to do an hour earlier is because I really, really needed to exercise or I was going to go out of my mind. You know what I mean? Like I, I haven't exercised since Friday and it was a tough weekend. So just, I mean, by doing something as simple, Chris Stefanik talks about this all the time. He's like, uh, exercise. Like, you know, you want to feel a little bit better. You want to get out of, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you're going to get out of your clinical depression by, but like, you know, move your muscle. You know what I mean? Like, so it's about taking care of the body as well. We're physical, spiritual, and mental. Physical, spiritual, and mental. So, you, all right, how do I do it? Okay, physically, I have to go to the gym. I have to exercise, okay? Uh, mentally, uh, I see a therapist. And spiritually, I have a spiritual director. So those, those, for me, those are the three things. And then obviously prayer, you know what I mean? So um, I don't know. And obviously, like, I, I, I could exercise so much more. It's the eating that's the problem. <laughs> I exercise. <laughs> I, it's the eating. Uh, I love it. I love it. Thank you. That was a great answer. So, so I'm going to ask kind of a, well, first of all, I want you to tell us 
first of all, I want you to tell us about your podcast. But even first of all, before that, I want you to tell me about Peter Kreeft and how you got to interview with you because I, I, yeah, I'm such yeah, a fan. You can ask me You can ask me anything at all. Um, okay, so Dr. Peter Kreeft, uh, how did I get on my podcast? Um, a couple of years ago when I was at St. Paul's in Ramsey, uh, my pastor and I were talking about different people that we would love to have come speak at our church. He was a huge, he is a huge Dr. Uh, Kreeft, Peter Kreeft fan. Um, and he said, is there any way that we could get him to come? I had no idea uh, how to do that. So I just looked into it and I, I, I found an email address somewhere. I think, I, honestly, I think I just found that on a, the college website where he teaches and I emailed him uh, and he got back to me and about coming to the parish. So he came to the parish in March of 2020, right? Like the weekend before the world shut down, literally the weekend before the world shut down, he came down, he came to the parish, he stayed overnight. So we had dinner, you know, there was a lot of people, staff, you know, uh, parishioners, whatever we had dinner, but he stayed overnight. So he said something in his talk earlier that day that triggered me about my brother's passing. And I, so I, I said, I really need to talk to you. So when everybody left or whatever, I, we talk about this on the podcast, so I don't know if you heard it already, but so, um, we stayed up for hours and it was like a, like a, a role playing of Job and God. Like he had me play the robe of Job. He was, he was so good. So we talked uh, for a long time. It was very helpful. A matter of fact, that is the last time that I had like a serious issue with my brother's death. And that was like already, my brother died 2017. He came 2020. So that was like three years and um, three and a half years. When I started the podcast, I'm thinking of like, you know, people that I want to have, whatever. And I wanted to do something on the, the you know, the, the, the problem of evil, of, of suffering. And I'm like, you know, I, I want it to be him because of that conversation. Also, he has a, a book called I, uh, Making Sense Out of Suffering. So I just looked in my email history, find his email address, and I wrote him and I said, hey, listen, um, it's been about three years. I don't know if you remember me at all. Uh, but, you know, and I just kind of told him what happened three years ago. And I said, I would love to have you on my podcast. And he just responded. And he said, he goes, Father Paul, he goes, not only do I remember you, but I remember you with great fondness or something like that about our conversation. And I would love to do your podcast. And we set up a date. And I, it was the fact that we did Good Friday and we did it live about the cross. That was God. Like we did not set that date. We did not set that date. We set another date. Um, and then it didn't happen or he, there was a miscommunication or whatever it was. And I was like, any chance you want to do good Friday? And he's like, sure. He, you want to talk about humility? He is the most humble. He is the most humble guy. He is, and he's so funny and he was so encouraging. He was so, he encouraged me so much about the experience that he had in the podcast and that he would, uh, you know, like to come on again. And, uh, and now I have a cell phone number. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Maybe we could do a three-way. You could get me in there on your podcast with Peter Creep just so I can, you know, talk to him. <laughs> hey, listen, I, look, I mean, the, the email address, honestly, I think was public. So, yeah, so... I think I could maybe got it from a friend That's of mine. That's hilarious. That's funny. 
I'll try again. Maybe yeah. put Father Bonnie. Father Bonnie. <laughs> Um, okay, so so I have two things to ask you before we go. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Tell my people about your podcast. All right, so I have a podcast. Thank you for that. It's called A Holy Mess with His Holy Mess. Well, technically, according to Apple, it's only called A Holy Mess. So if you're going to search it, you can, if you want to find it right away on Google, just type in A Holy Mess Father Paul, and it comes up. A Holy Mess Father Paul. Um, all of my episodes are on like, you know, any podcast app except on YouTube. Majority of the episodes are there, but not every single one of them because I didn't start out putting on YouTube. But I, you can find the vast majority of them on YouTube. It's called The Holy Mess. The one year anniversary is coming up, uh, which I am excited about. Um, and I just booked uh, my guest for that. And uh, anyway, it started out because I just really like listening to the podcast, and I especially like listening to comedy podcasts. And I wanted to infuse. My original plan was to infuse like comedy and faith. It definitely turned out to be a much more serious podcast than a comedy podcast. I try to be funny here and there, but I called it a holy mess because I I am a holy mess. Like I am. Like I. I'm a mess. And as, you know, my my friend Justin would say or somebody like, you know, you're a, you're a beautiful mess and you have to ask the Lord to take your mess and turn it into a message of hope. And so I'm not sure where the word came to me, but then I thought, you know, how funny would it be to do like, you know, um a play on the words of his holiness, which is the pope, his holiness. I'm not his holiness, but I am his holy mess. So I was going to call it His Holy Mess Podcast, but I said, you know what? Most people would know the expression A Holy Mess. So it's A Holy Mess with His Holy Mess, Father Paul. And it's a podcast for holy messes because, because holiness is only possible, at least in this life, in a very messy world. Holiness is messy. Matter of fact, the incarnation was messy. God, who is all pure, who is completely clean, not messy at all, came into the mess of this world to turn the mess of the world, to redeem it, and to turn it into a beautiful message of hope. So it, it kind of got out of the niche because a lot of it is just like interviewing a lot of different, you know, Catholic celebrities or authors or, you know, there are some topics and stuff like that. And, but it, it was like, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I'm starting my podcast. I get it. I got to get a following. Let me get some of these like Catholic names on here. Not that I didn't care about the topics, but that was like, and then it kind of just became that because I was shy. Everybody kept saying yes. I'm like, why are these people saying yes to me? Isn't that funny? It seems like everybody says yes. Yeah. Except Peter Creed. He said, no, no, he didn't say anything. Maybe, I'm sure he didn't get your letter. I'm sure he didn't. He I'm just didn't email. But, but the funny thing is that I, I'm shocked at the amazing people that I say, hey, would you consider... Um, you know, being on my podcast, sure. You know, and for them, it's kind of advertising in a sense, but they're, it's so informal and casual. It's just such a great platform, you know? And so I found very few people actually say no. And I, I'm so appreciative of that. That Yeah, I met, I met Abby Johnson at the March for Life. And yeah, I met her at the March for Life. No and way. I said, oh, I said, I just um, Amazing. like interviewed somebody that works for you, you know, on uh, on my podcast. She's like, well, you didn't interview me yet. And I was like, you would come on, you know? So yeah. She must've been great. It was a great episode. Okay. So I have two, two last things to ask you before we wrap up. So the first thing is what's your favorite thing about being Catholic? About being Catholic. Uh, the fact that like we have the smells and bells that we get to touch the touch, like the Eucharist basically. So the Eucharist that, that God is, 
Like we get to eat God. He's inside us, consume. So it's not just like, oh, you know, pray, we think about him. It's like, no, we get to consume him in our heart, in our mind, our body, our soul. Like the sacraments are physical. God gives us these physical, visible, external signs. Um, and so, yeah, I just, the whole, that it's, it's incarnational. Our faith is incarnational. You know, in our little Catholic homeschool group that we have here, our Catholic parish, we've got a beautiful little, very faithful parish where we are. And and we often say, you know, there's an event, there's a party, there's somebody says something, you know, wacky, whatever, any experience happened, we say, it's great to be Catholic. <laughs> so that's why I asked the question, because for all of us, there's something about the Catholic faith in particular, but the fact that it's sensory is huge. Yeah. Right, because yeah, I am a very, as you know, I, I like stimuli. I like, yeah. I, I don't know if that's the right <laughs> word, or whatever, but yeah, smells uh, and bells, smells and bells. So, I have my last question for you is, 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 is as a, a priest, and for my kind of for my listeners who are mostly families, you know, this podcast is about joy, and I and I would like your thoughts on what's What's something that my listeners can take away from today that would help them to secure joy in their day-to-day life? You have to have Chris Stefana come on your podcast. Uh, He's the master of spiritual joy. And I had him on my show to talk about that. Exactly. So how can your listeners find joy? What can they do in their day-to-day life to secure joy? Okay. Uh, It's not easy, but it's very simple. Very not easy, but very simple. I personally don't have more joy after I spend concrete one-on-one time with God. I don't know what that looks like for a parent of seven kids running around like crazy. I understand I don't have that busyness. So it prayer doesn't look like the same for everybody. Not every single person is going to be able to do a holy hour. I don't know, but for me. Because joy is something that is abiding. Like, like, like I said in the beginning of the episode, right? It's been a really tough couple of days um, not being, you know, with you all being back, uh, coming down from the mountaintop, all that stuff, right? But even in, in the midst of it, and even when I was like really feeling it, like Friday, um, feeling like not good it, at all, uh, there, was a, there was a joy in, in knowing that the Lord was with me, when I, 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 I did two holy hours on Friday, which I normally don't do. I did two holy hours. And just being there and like just looking at Christ in the Eucharist and just knowing, like knowing this, this too shall pass, like knowing that he is peace. Like I don't have to attain something because he is it and he's right here. And so for me... And I'll give one practical, one practical tip, which, again, is I did not come up with. Literally, just writing out daily, writing out a gratitude list of things that you're grateful for. Uh, 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 a gratitude. I think it's uh, what's the expression? A a a a grateful heart. A grateful heart silences a complaining tongue. And we're, when we're complaining, we're not we're not joyful. But there have been times where I just start to write out, I just start like little things. I mean, if I really can't think of anything, I'm like, the fact that I could breathe, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like I'm serious. Like, sometimes you're just like, what am I grateful for? It's like, oh, um, 
I, you know, I could walk, I, you know. But like, man, all of a sudden, I'm filled with joy. I, I mean, I'm filled with gratitude, but it, it just leads to joy. So, yeah, um, I would say, you know, even if you have to get up 30 minutes earlier, an hour earlier, concrete time with the Lord. Or maybe you're just driving your car and you have 20 minutes to yourself before you got to pick up the next kid. Um, well, yeah, a lot of your listeners are homeschoolers, so maybe they're not driving the pickup. I don't know, but um, <laughs> we still drive yeah, sometimes. But turn <laughs> turn the music off and just spend that time with God. Turn the radio off. You know what I mean? Put down the phone. Put down social media. Stop scrolling and spend that ten minutes or that two hours with the Lord. You know, it, it's easier said than done. I'm fighting that battle myself. But it's an act of discipline, you know, if we think, okay, before I go on my social media, I'm going to spend 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 2 minutes, whatever it is, in prayer. Then I'm going to check my Instagram. Then I'm going to check my social media, right? And that's an, that's an act of discipline, which is one small act of discipline will, will bubble over into other areas of your life. It just does, right? Yeah, and let me tell you something. Social media going on there will give you much quicker dopamine hits than, you know, than, or euphoric feelings than, you know, than praying right away. But the joy that you will get from your prayer will outlast any, you know, dopamine hit of, you know, looking at your likes or your views or, or whatever. And I truly believe if we spent as much time praying as we do on social media, we would all be saints. We would all be saints. We'd all be saints. So, and if, trust me, I'm talking to myself. If my friends hear this interview, and I, I will, I will uh, promote it when, whenever it's going to be released. Like they're going to be, they're going to laugh because they're going to be like, "You're on social media all the time," and it's true. But I, I, something's happening, and the, I'm grateful for whatever is happening. Um, yeah. So anyway, thanks for asking that question. We'll keep praying for you, Father Paul. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. This is lovely. And, and I hope we could do this again. I think that we have, we have uh, topics to be addressed, yeah. I think. Yeah, please. And please, you're always welcome on a holy mess as well. Always. Because okay, yeah. I'm a holy mess too. I'm grateful. And I'm, I'm so <laughs> grateful to have met everybody on the pilgrimage. But there were several times that I sat with you, uh, the two of you and your daughter. And, uh, thank, it was an absolute blessing, 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 blessing to have met you really true. Thank you Me for too. your priesthood. Um, yeah. And thank you for your witness. Thank you for your faith. Thank you. It was, it was a very, yeah, I'm very grateful. So thank you for your affirmation. God bless you, Father Paul. And we'll, uh, we will talk very soon. This will probably come out in a week or so. 